Welcome to the Marketplace Movement Podcast, where our vision is to reach, enhance, and advance lives. This week is the introduction to Come Clean. This series will cover being honest, transparent, and taking responsibility of your life. So please grab a notebook and your Bible and join us in the year of again. Everybody prepared? Everybody prepared? We have been dealing with the call of God. This is our 15th week in dealing with the call of God. And we've already discussed all of the potential pitfalls that come after you say yes. People of God, here's the truth. Your yes to God is not the end. When you say yes, you are just at the start of your journey. One of the things, however, that I continue to hear, not only among some of us in this church, but in the greater body of Christ, or I should say I continue to see, is Elder Leela an unhealthy finger point. You know, when stuff get hard and it's everybody else's fault but yours. An unhealthy finger pointing. So as we move forward, I got four more weeks in this portion on the call of God. I would like to challenge everybody in this room to come clean and get out of your own way. Somebody say, come clean. Then say, get out of my own way. What do you mean? What do you mean by get out of my own way? See, sometimes the only thing in between you and your victory is you. Oh, it's the system. It's the generational curse. It's the family. It's my brother. It's my crazy auntie. But if we're going to be honest, some of us need to get out of our own way. It's not them. It's us. See, Over the next four weeks, I got to challenge you to take some responsibility. Own it. I know all of my mental health practitioners are getting concerned right now as I tell people to own it because we feel like if we tell people to take responsibility, the weight of the responsibility is too much. However, where there is no truth, there is no victory. If you won't be honest, you can't get delivered. If you won't come clean, you won't be whole. I understand there is a weight that comes with admitting that you dropped the ball. But from experience, people of God, the weight of keeping a lie is so much heavier than the weight of telling the truth. The weight of walking around like you ain't done nothing 
is a whole lot heavier than coming clean. Somebody say, come clean. But then, Drew, I'm hearing, especially in the light of our current political climate, there's a term that people are using called whataboutism. I start talking about it on Wednesday. What a, I'm getting to the scripture. Y'all just walk with me because, see, this devil is entrenched, so I got to take my time. What about ism? That's when you are faced with the truth of your own foolishness. And instead of you owning it, you say, what about them? It's like we used to do when we were in elementary school. When the teacher caught you talking. Your response, they was talking to. I didn't catch them. I caught you. And so what happens is we start looking at our life. And the scripture convicts you. And then you look around and you go, but they are too. But the problem with whataboutism is whataboutism allows you to justify your error. It allows you to normalize your sin. In other words, if God is convicting you about the spirit that's on your life, you don't walk around looking for that same spirit on somebody else's life. So you can justify back to God that you ain't the only one dealing with it. Let me tell you a secret that I've learned. We don't get to tell God what God does with somebody else's mistakes. We oftentimes want to be judge, jury, and executioner for somebody else's fallacy. Here's what I have found. I got enough stuff. Let me tell y'all something. If I wasn't called to this, y'all would find me in my own little corner, in my own little chair, where I can be whatever he called me to be. Y'all don't know nothing about that. If I wasn't called to this right here, y'all wouldn't find me going around telling nobody nothing. The only reason that I expose is because God called me to it. Because if he didn't, y'all have fun with that. I got enough stuff. See, y'all acting real. Anybody in here willing to admit, Lord, I got enough stuff going on in my own life to have no time trying to think about what's going on in yours. But the reason that we get so interested in the fallacies of somebody else's life is by highlighting their fallacies that allows us to normalize our own. So in other words, in other words, you do one mistake and you tell God that somebody else you know did too. As if the two mistakes they made in some way make your one mistake any better. We're trying to level the playing field. But I'll say it again before I dig into the text for today. Where there is no truth, there is no victory. I need somebody who's trying to get free for real today to just put that in your own notes as a note to yourself. Just go ahead, note to self. Where there is no truth, there is no victory. Carrying the weight of a secret is poisonous. Walking around trying to put on the game face like you good, when on the inside you dying, that's poison. Somebody say, come clean. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at our case study. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. Am I in, I'm, I'm in somebody's Bible study? I'm in your Bible study? There you go. Well, y'all get to hear it again. I didn't know. I just was listening to Jesus. 
I learned the truth a long time ago. God is not impressed with people trying to gain some new revelation. Let me take you a little step further. If the body of Christ was really on one accord, every sermon across the country would be the same. I don't understand. When God speaks a word from his balcony, he only speaks one. Yes, you can choose how you deliver that word that is articulate to your particular set of people. But at the end of the day, he only got one thing he want to say. All right, we in Genesis 3. Now in Genesis 3, we have the fall of man. And we know this story. But there's a few things I want to highlight. When you get to Genesis 3, just please say, I'm ready. Serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. Let me give you, I do need to give you a revelation here. I want you to see something that I had overlooked. Maybe y'all saw it. <clears throat> but if you went outside, right now and there's a squirrel a dog a cat a bunny rabbit all these things can be in Dayton a deer a possum a coon all out around your property right those are animals I'm about to show y'all something and if one of those animals walked up to you, you had enough courage not to run, opened up its mouth and start talking to you. Somebody's going to catch a revelation in a minute. Wouldn't you be sitting there trying to figure out what in the world is going on? Why is this squirrel, this possum, why is this coon on his hind legs having a conversation with me? Do you know why it would be strange? Because it's not normal. Come on, y'all gonna catch it. Y'all walk with me. I gotta take my time. The reason, Melinda, that it would be strange to us is because animals talking is not normal what we just read however oh y'all gonna catch this is the serpent watch watch was more crafty than any beast uh oh of the field which the lord god had made and he said to the woman indeed has god said you shall not eat from the tree of the garden and the woman said to the serpent stop apparently Apparently, beast talking was not foreign. Otherwise, why in the world would she stick around and become conversant? So, when the serpent start talking, she wasn't surprised. I'm almost to the revelation. Because... Beast talking was normal. Here's the revelation. When the devil comes in your life, he comes in a normative form. Y'all still ain't caught it. He comes in a way that will not surprise you. The devil don't come showing up like something you ain't never seen. The devil comes looking just like the other normal stuff in your life. 
Why? Because if the devil came with a long robe on and a pitchfork, ain't nobody talking to that fool. So he comes looking like your homeboy. He comes dressed up like your best friend. He comes with the voice of your spouse. Oh, 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 I missed it. I missed it. Revelation. Let's go further. The devil don't have to take on a form. He just has to take on a vessel. You got to be discerning enough to see when the devil is speaking through somebody you already trust. I'm trying. I'm going to say that one more again. You got to be discerning enough to know when the devil is speaking through someone that you already trust. And then you got to have enough love in your belly to separate. That's the voice of the devil and not the one I love. Oh, that don't work. Oh, y'all better go ahead and understand Jesus. Because when Peter got to acting a fool to Jesus, he told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Wait a minute. Did he stop loving Peter? No. Did he kick Peter out? No. Did he hate Peter? No. But he recognized the devil in Peter and he rebuked the voice of the devil walking through the one who he loved. Some of you have written people off all because you heard the voice of the devil and didn't rebuke the devil. You let the devil have them. I, never, never mind. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. The woman said to the son, that was for me right there. Some folk you done wrote off in your life and you're you going to find out it's real painful to have to take somebody back when you burnt the bridge in the first place. The woman said to the serpent, thank you, Jesus. From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you will not, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Six, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was a delight to the eyes. tree was desirable to make one wise. She took from its fruit and ate. She gave also to her husband, what's the next two words? With her, she gave also to her husband what? She gave also to her husband what? Let me tell you, some of what you mad about right then. Right then, homeboy should have said, cuz, we ain't doing that. You know what God said. That would have been it. The whole story would, would have been over. Instead of the heading in my Bible, which said the fall of man, in my Bible, it would have been written the beat down of the serpent. Because the story would have went a little bit different. You talking to my woman? It sounded like you was, you was having a conversation outside your lane. Come over here, girl. Come over here, because we got a problem. That's the way it should have went. Oh, y'all. That's the way it should have went. Who are you talking to? But here's the revelation. Wives, you have an ability to cause your husbands to sin because he loves you. See, don't nobody want to talk. He loves you so much that sometimes he'll override. He'll override the right thing because his love for you will cause him to try to please you before he pleases God. Then you got the nerve to get mad at him. Oh, I'm teaching today. You got the nerve to get mad at him because now your whole family is in a downfall because he was trying to please you. And then you go back and tell him you should have put your foot down. 
Some brothers ain't strong enough to put their foot down because your wrath in the tangible is sometimes bigger than they feel the wrath of God is. Y'all look forward. I ain't looking for simplifying. Just look forward. I'm trying to teach today because I'm going to break this demon off. Listen, listen, this thing is heavy on my chest now. Y'all fooling with me. Seven. Feel like crying, screaming, and running all at the same time. The eyes of both of them were open. They knew they were naked. They was naked the whole time. Sometimes we want the answers so bad we're willing to sin to get them. They was naked the whole time but didn't know it. Look at what they paid for knowing. Look how much knowing costs. Now you know you naked, but you also separated. So fig leaves together made themselves, help me God, loin cloths. Eight. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Lord God called to the man, said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. He said, who told you? Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat. Now, now, if he was coming clean, the answer would have been, nobody told me I figured it out, and yes, I did it. That's the truth. I was weak. I didn't do what you said. I ate it. Truth. Instead, what about ism? Oh, y'all, y'all. Instead of ownership, instead of him standing up and saying, Lord, you gave me a word and I did not follow it. Instead of that, verse 12, the man said, the woman, Lord, help me. Whom you gave to be with me. She gave me from the tree and I ate. Stop. She was all good till you in trouble. She was the best thing that ever happened to you. You got 2,400 Instagram posts with her picture on it about how she is the love of your life. Oh, this is your boo thing. I'm talking about you love her to the moon and back. But now that God is in your neck, finger pointing for the wind. Come on, God. It ain't me. It's her. It's her. Her fault. She did it. And if we really want to be honest and slow it down, it's actually worse than she did it. Slow it down. The woman who you. Hold on, cuz. It sounds like you about to try to blame God like he gave you the wrong woman. Okay, 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 okay. Listen, just because you mess up a gift don't mean God messed up giving it to you. Somebody pray for me. Listen, sometimes you're so busy talking about maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe I missed him. No, maybe you are a bad steward and tow up what God gave you. Maybe that wasn't God. Maybe that wasn't God. No, maybe it was us. Maybe, Lord, what you gave me was perfect and I tore it up. Maybe, God, it wasn't a gift. It was my bad stewardship. I repent, Lord. It wasn't it. It was me. I got in my own way. 
It was easy for me to blame the gift. It was even easy for me to blame the giver. Huh? You brought me the wrong size. That's why I look crazy. God, you, as if he don't know you. Because watch this. God will give you something in the size of your destiny. Not the size of your desire. And see what happens is we're busy telling God it don't fit us. You're right. It don't fit your current nasty. It don't even fit your current normal. Because God will give you something that you need for where you're going. He'll give you something you got to grow into. He'll give you something you got to lose weight for. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. You'll lift it up. You open up the box and you say, this don't fit me. God says, no, 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 no. It don't fit your now. But it fits where you're supposed to be. I gave you something that is necessary for where you're going. And you want to try to take it back. But God don't give gift receipts. Because he knows we're not wise enough to get the right size. That ain't the way God rolls. When God gives us something, he gives us something according to what he knows we're supposed to have. Because every good gift, preach, and every perfect gift cometh from the Lord. And in this season, while we're trying to say, no, nah, God, you can have it back. You're giving up what is necessary. You're giving up what is holy. You're giving up what is righteous. And all of a sudden, you'll figure out. Oh Lord, I done messed up my breakthrough. Just because it is hard, don't mean it ain't God. I want it easy. God says I want it necessary. I got to work some things out to you to will and to do of my good pleasure. I got to work some of that mean out. I got to work some of that devil out of you. So I'm going to give you somebody that's going to make you pray. I'm going to give you somebody that's going to make you fast. I'm going to give you somebody that's going to make you seek. And you got no nerve to point the finger. What about ism? Y'all sit for me. It's the woman. Her fault. I'd be completely perfect if you wouldn't have gave me that. It's old spiritual. It's called nobody's fault but mine. See, y'all don't know some of them old songs. They had good theology. It says, if I die, and my soul be lost. Nobody's fault. Ain't no what about is a man. You ain't going to be able to stand before God and go, the woman. And I know some of you will say, cool. I just ain't going to be with nobody. Cool. I ain't going to have no relationships, no friendships. We're good. Cool. Got your bishop. Can't even deny it. See it right there in black and white. Don't want that. All I want to have to deal with is myself. Very good. We cool. All right. We're going to be good to go. That way I'll stand before the Lord and I say it was me, myself, and I. There we go. We cool. We ain't even got to worry about that. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You don't get to stand before God and say, I took control of my own life. I disregarded your destiny for my life and therefore I have come before you perfect. Because all of a sudden God will then say, hold on. Now you have went around your destiny to give your own self comfort. Okay, so he goes to the woman. I know, brothers. I'm just trying my, my best not to beat up on you. He goes to the woman. Verse 13, Lord God said to the woman, what is this you, you've done? Now, what I wanted to say, this is what I wanted to say, y'all. Serpent got me. That joker ran up on me. I wasn't ready. He ran up on me. Sneak attack. 
And when he sneak attacked me, watch this. I was disobedient to the word that you had gave to my leader. Oh, y'all quiet now. I was busy being independent instead of married. Because had I just turned to my husband instead of offering him the, the fruit, if I would have said, are we supposed to eat it? Oh, see, we always want this text to go one way. Oh, we working today. See, here, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. See, she got him. True. But if she understood the journey of submission, when the devil offered the fruit, she would have took the fruit, turned to him, even with his flaws. See, because some of y'all want perfect to start. We ain't perfect. How is it that we want God to give us something better than what we are? God gives you what you need. She should have turned to him. And said, hey, boo. Homeboy just gave me this. We eating? Right, or no. That's not the way it worked. Because sometimes you're so busy. Forgetting that the two should become one flesh, that you still singular and you making decisions as if you don't destroy the unit with your own decisions. This is not only true in marriage, it's also true in friendship. It's also true in any covenant. One person can tear the whole covenant up. Even in the body of Christ, it's folks that will come into the church. And leave the whole church because somebody in the church. Leave the whole church. I walked in and somebody didn't give me a peppermint. They mean in that church. Now. So the, in verse 12, man said it was the woman. Verse 13, the woman said it was the serpent. I love verse 14. God didn't ask the devil no questions. He just got to rebuking. Why? Because he already know what's up. I'm not going to ask you how this happened. You're doing your job. Sometimes we want the Lord to treat the devil the same way he handles us. He went to the devil and he was just like, look, you done messed up. Because we're supposed to know better. Y'all okay? At no time does the man own it. At no time does the woman own it. Because look, it's easy to blame somebody else. Isn't it? Isn't that easy? That's simple, isn't it? Think about it in the small things. The reason I was late to church, Bishop, is because my wife takes too long to get ready. Okay. That's easy, isn't it? Isn't that easy? She takes too long to get ready. Okay. Okay. I got you. So what could you have done to make her morning easy? Nah, what I just did is I just got up and got myself together and I just sat up that way and I just got quiet. That's not one flesh. As a matter of fact, your silence and your disconnection puts more pressure when she already knows she's late. Oh, y'all not, y'all not, y'all not, y'all not in here. So if you recognize that things aren't going well, especially if you got kids in the house, then how about you be the father? And start getting some kids together. Learn how to. How about you go put a blessing on that ironing board? 
go bless the ironing board. Just walk where the iron, girl, what you wearing today? Oh, this is, and give her a compliment on the way. This is cute. And just go on to the ironing board. Just work, just work, work the ironing board. Just work that ironing board. What them kids wearing? What them kids wearing? Come on, bring that, bring that. And see the worst, can I give y'all a clue? I'm about to help some married folk up in here. Let me give you a clue. Don't start no drama with the kids when mama's already stressed. Cause drama with the kids causes mama to get more stressed out. Even if they wrong, she don't want to hear no yelling cause she already stressed out about being late. I just helped somebody. Your job, I mean look, on Sunday morning when y'all late, that's when you can give them candy, trust me. Come here, don't you come here. You take this Jolly Rancher and sit right there. Don't you tell your mama that's breakfast. And you just keep. <laughs> we will make you some cereal in a minute, but for right now, that's quiet candy. <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> Over there fooling with me. Look, mother's up there, choking hazard. You gotta be wise to know not to give it to no two-year-old. But the reality is, don't create a schism. Y'all in this thing together. Say together. Come on, say it again. Together. Come on, third time. Together. If we understand that in the family. Bishop, why do you preach about family so much? Why are you always on husbands and wives? Because the church is the absolute parallel of the family. The, I know y'all get sick of me. I've had people come to me like, you always getting on. Some of us ain't married. You are. We're the bridegroom. We're the bride for Christ. Who's the groom? We are supposed, if we can't understand marriage in the natural, we'll never get it right in the spiritual. We're supposed to be getting ready for him to come. Amen. And so listen, this is why he said it's not good that a man should be alone. Because all of us should be in preparation for a natural example of a spiritual renewal. All of us should be getting ready. But if we're doing this, What about ism? I'm going to say something here and I'm going to move on. If you can't never get right with your natural relationships, how you think you're going to get right with Jesus? Because he's Jesus and he's perfect. That makes it harder because we're not. Which means there's no way you can point the finger. See, when we're dealing with us, right? Listen, we can point the finger and actually point at something. Right? So if my, if my wife says, you know, but you don't do this, that could be true. Because I'm flawed. So she got something to point at. But you can't do that with Jesus. But she, oh yeah, you died. But, and you rose. But, and your grace is sufficient. But, ah, and you died so that I might have life. I don't have nothing to point at. Is this making sense? Now, they having a good time. <laughs> the appropriate response should have been repentance, y'all. But they didn't repent. They pointed the finger. Why? Look at verse 8 one more time, please. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They heard God and got afraid. See, oftentimes people run and hide because they're afraid of how people will respond to them being truthful. So they run away because I don't want to tell the truth because the truth often brings out shame. If I tell you the truth, I'm ashamed. If I tell you the truth, I feel guilty. If I tell you the truth, I have to be honest about the pain. Now I'm going to say this, got it in bold in my notes. The church needs to do much better at being honest about the fact that we're overlooking mental health. 
whistling and oil and prayers. But oftentimes, even the oil and prayers are coming from folk that don't believe in the oil and the prayers. We often act as if people have illegitimate struggles. Y'all walk with me. People come to us and tell us the truth about their brokenness. And we just shoo-shoo them away. With a church cliche. I'm praying for you, sis. Folks are going through while we strike up one more song. Because we won't do the hard work of dealing with the pain that is eating us up. Sometimes we're looking at people pointing the finger, but they're pointing the finger because they cannot stand the truth in themselves. So some of this whataboutism is about them trying to escape the truth. They're trying to escape. They're trying to run. Because if I got to be honest, I don't want another church cliche. If I come to you and tell you the truth, I don't want you to tell me trouble don't last always. If I come to you and tell you I'm on the verge of losing my mind, don't you say tonight when I get in my prayer closet, pray for me right now. You need to be with me right now because some people are on the edge of losing their mind while the church is literally sitting there fighting about stupid stuff. The church is known now for politics, not anointing. All the while, our pews are filled with people who are broken and hurting. And then you hear a message about God's call. And you got to come face to face with, I want to, but I don't have the strength to. Why not? Why don't I have the strength? Because on the inside, if I tell the truth, if I tell the truth that I've been hiding all these years, if I tell the truth that I've been carrying this secret all this time, if I tell the truth that I was able to get my minister's license and my ordination or whatever accolades you got all the while playing the role and never really being right with God, if I tell the truth that I got whatever to whatever pinnacle, I got this job with a lie, I got this relationship with a lie, if I got to tell the truth about how messed up I am on the inside, I'm afraid you might leave me. I'm afraid you might look at me crazy. But there's power in the truth. I don't want a church full of masks. I don't want a church, y'all, full of people who are sitting there talking about, I guess this is the song I'm supposed to shout on. The reality is, listen, when the devil comes into your life, he's coming for your mind. He coming he's coming for your mind, y'all, to steal, kill, and destroy your mind. Why? Why is he coming for my mind? Because that's the place where renewal happens. 30-year-old pastor in California, 30 years old, wife, three children, no scandals, no money trouble, no problems in his marriage, no problems in his health, mega church, thousands of people, all is well, suicide. And they talk about him because he got a mega church. But the same day he killed himself, a 70-year-old pastor shot himself in the head. The mega church pastor who killed himself was in the middle of teaching about depression. 
Sometimes the stuff you talking about, you don't believe. We need to come. Somebody say, come clean. And in his instance, he's trying to talk. He's trying to communicate. He's trying to be honest. He's trying to be open. But, but sometimes, y'all, in the church, we missing it. We missing people's cry because they're they not crying the way we want them to. Everybody don't cry during altar call. Everybody not coming up here and saying, I repent. You know why? Because oftentimes the church is the most judgmental, nasty, hypocritical group of folk. And if somebody was to come up here really sick, they'd be on social media before church dismissed. Somebody coming up there broken and we busy videoing. Take your fingers off those keys and put your hands in the air and surrender before Jesus. You ain't got time to hit a record button. Don't nobody care about you documenting this moment. Somebody is broken. You trying to document, pray. Open up your mouth and seek God. You trying to say we had good church. I don't care nothing about anybody talking about we had good church. Good church. You are my apostleship. People should see your lives and go something is going on over there. I don't need a tweet. I don't need a mention. I need holiness. I want you to live right. I want you to live saved. I want you to live whole. I tag Bishop. Untag me. Because I want this house to be a house where folk can come up and go, my family love me so much I can tell the truth. Where phones are down and prayers are lifted. Where burdens are broken because the anointing, not the crowd, the anoint yes, the anointing breaks yokes. I don't care if there's 5,000 people, I want yokes to be destroyed. I'd rather it be two people with deliverance than two million people with just a show. I don't want a pep rally. I want the power of God. I want God to feel comfortable in this place. And in order for that to happen, there must be truth. Even now, as I look around, we're still trying to, but they made me. I come against that spirit. We got to own it, y'all. We got to own where we stand. Somebody say, come clean. I don't want to tell the truth. I don't want to tell the truth. I don't want to tell the truth. I don't want to relive it. I don't want the pain. Okay, watch. Lord, I didn't get nowhere. I needed to go. Turn to John. I'll finish right here. Help me, God. Help me, please. John, chapter 8. And maybe y'all don't feel nothing like what I feel. And that's okay. I'm going to preach it till it come off of me. Yeah, scoot over. Scoot. I'm going to preach it till it come off of me. Turn to John, chapter 8. Don't spectate God doing what he told me he was going to do. See, y'all see, that's it right there. So busy looking around. What's she doing? None of your business. If you didn't feel it in the spirit, it ain't for you to feel. Now, now, John chapter 8. People who felt it moved. If you didn't feel it, you didn't move. You'd be fine. Well, I feel like, see, that's your problem. What about ism? All have sin. All have sinned. 
I'm trying to get to this text. All have sinned. All have sinned. Every single solitary one of us have disappointed God. All of us have made a mockery of the cross. All of us have been a disappointment to Calvary. But thank God for Jesus. We have no right to look around and point the finger as if our holiness has always been present. Just because you're having a good day does not mean that you just didn't mess up yesterday. Thank God for the cross. Somebody say come clean. John 8. Thank you God. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. John 8, 31. So Jesus was saying to the Jew, those Jews who had believed, if you continue in my word, then you're truly disciples of mine. You will know the truth. The truth will make you free. I'm sorry, y'all. Come clean, come clean, come clean, come clean. Why? Why? Daphne, why? Why should I? Because see, y'all think that by coming clean, you trust in us. We're not trusting people. The Bible say put no confidence in the flesh. I'm trusting you, Jesus. I'm going to know the truth, and the truth will make me free. Oh, come on now. This thing don't get good. Vincent, until you understand what the term free means. Okay, y'all, I'm, I'm really done. Until you understand, watch this. Free, liberty, as opposed to slavery. Okay, somebody caught it. You mean to tell me that if I can just come clean, I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave to the pain. I'm no longer a slave to the guilt. I'm no longer a slave to the shame. I am free. And he whom the son has set free is free indeed. I'm free. It's over. All is well. It is clean. It ain't on me. You can't hold me to it because the truth. truth you can't hold me to it you can't hold me to it you can't hold me to it you even if somebody tries to bring it back up see let me tell you what happened when the truth done come out somebody turn around and try to say but you did and all you got to say is that truth has already been let out you ain't hurting nobody by telling what I already told Excuse me, you not hurt nobody by telling a truth that I already told. You think you about to put something out there? I put it out there myself. The truth. Yes, you want to put out there that I used to be an alcoholic. I done told everybody that. You want to put out there that I used to be a drug addict. I done told everybody that. You want to put out there that I used to sleep around. I done told everybody that. Yeah, the truth. Try to bring something else up because even the version that you telling ain't as bad as the truth that I already told. You ain't gonna get me devil. You ain't gonna get me devil. The truth has given me freedom. I am no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave. Cause see when I tell the truth, then I can get delivered. See, you don't stay right there in the truth. When you tell somebody that you're an alcoholic, what you're doing is you're saying, now the truth is out. Freedom can now begin. I can get free from the bondage of alcohol. I can get free from the bondage of depression. I can get free from the bondage of alcoholism and, and, and addiction and lust and grief and strife I'm free free I'm for okay y'all messing with me this is it turn to first John I gotta do it I gotta do it first John I hear you God I'm gonna do it I promise first John first John I don't want I don't want to I'm afraid I'm afraid. Anybody ever been afraid to tell the truth? I'm afraid. Come on, come on. 
Come on, lift your hands if you've ever been afraid to tell the truth. Come on, you got to lift up your hands because if you can go ahead and tell the truth now that you're afraid of truth, now you can go ahead and get the atmosphere right for victory to come. Anybody ever been afraid of telling the truth? Watch this. Watch, 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 watch. First, first John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess, if we confess our sins, he is. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not trying to be cruel. But when I tell the truth, it ain't got nothing to do with you. I'm sorry. It's he. I ain't telling the truth for you. I'm telling the truth for him. Because he is faithful and just. You don't understand. The reason I'm getting this thing off my chest is not because of you forgiving me. It's because of what he can do. If we confess... I'll deal with confession Wednesday. But the word faithful. Watch this. That word faithful means he's worthy and dependable. I'm going to close this by. If we confess, Jesus says, I'm worthy and dependable. You told the secret to somebody and they betrayed you. But if you confess it to me, I'm worthy and dependable. Somebody ought to say thank you right then. See, y'all missing all the good moments to go ahead and have a spiritual fit. Right then, somebody ought to just had a fit in your row. Hold on, what do you mean? He's worthy and dependable. That means that when you give that truth to me, ain't no better place you can put it in. There's no better ear that can hear it. I'm worthy and dependable. I ain't, I ain't like people. You want some Bible? God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. And if he said it, he'll make it good. You want some more? The promises of God are yes and amen. That means if God promised it, ain't no devil in hell can do nothing about that. He says, I'm faithful and righteous. Watch this. To forgive. I'm going to deal with the rest Wednesday, but I got to deal with this word forgive. Watch this. The word forgive means to dismiss and release. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Watch, 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 watch. I can tell y'all my mistake and you hold it and start treating me different. Oh, yeah. Y'all stop spectating. God doing what he promised. <laughs> See, I tell you my mistake. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you for your promise. And you get to hold me, you get to looking at me funny. Victory, 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 victory. Victory. See, this, this is what happens when God starts working stuff out. See, people will hold you. God says, I'm about to dismiss and release. I want you to think about every pain on your life and he's about to release you from it. He's about to dismiss you from it. But you got to confess. Yep. Come together. Come together. Come together. Come together. You promised your word would do it, God, and I believe. I believe your word will do it, God. I believe. I'm about to mess, mess with the devil. Hit him one more good time and I'm going to pray. See, there's people in this room that know the background of her tears. Yup. 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 There's people in this room who know the background of her tears and you busy talking about what don't make sense. You have just listened to the Marketplace Movement Podcast Part 1 of the Come Clean series. There is still so much more learning to do. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and visit our website, themarketplacemovement.org. We invite you to worship with us if you're in town at 3300 West 3rd Street in Dayton, Ohio. Or catch us on Periscope every Sunday at 1015 Eastern Standard Time. 
We hope to see you soon at the Marketplace Movement, where we reach, enhance, and advance lives.